Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Do you know what? Let's try to be really focused, really on it. Professional. We are professional podcasters. Have we started recording yet? We have, Sarah. <laughs> there you go. Ruined it already. Oh, I like the manifesting. And welcome, everyone, to the HIV podcast. Excellent. Start the year as we mean to go on. Are you all right? Good, thank you. How are you? Very good, very good, yes. I don't know if you've heard, by popular demand, the public are calling for Condiment Corner to come back. Oh, now, yes, we should bring it back. Now, I know one person asking for it to come back might not seem like it's by public demand, but I'm going to class it as such. Yeah, I mean, no, it's not popular demand. One person wants Condiment Corner, but we do our best to meet all our listeners' demands. Actually, that's not true. That's it. It's an invitation, isn't it? We meet all of your needs. No, we don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. And, I mean, it's, it's the time's quite good, isn't it? Because after Christmas, everyone's eaten lots of condiments. Say, I have a jar of pickled onions. That's, is that a condiment? No. That's pickled onion, Sarah. That's a vegetable that's been pickled. I know, but why do people buy that at Christmas? Are you joking? I can smash a whole jar of pickled onions in one sitting. My mum bought me a jar of pickled onions and wrapped it this Christmas. Was it part of your hamper? My hamper from Sean that never arrived. Do you not like pickled onions? The hotter, the better. Are they hot? Do I buy the ones that... Oh, my mum buys them for me. Thank you, Benice. That has little chilies. So when you pickle them, you put these tiny chilies in with them. So like pickled shallots to make them much hotter. Oh my God, they're amazing. Can't, I cannot stress enough how good they are. Do you want my jar that I've got? Should I bring it into work? What kind are they though? I'm going to sound like an ungrateful pickled onion receiver now. But if they're like the big ones that you get in like a fish and chip shop, I don't like those. They're too sweet for me. I need it hot and spicy. 
They're not the massive ones. I think they're like, they, they look quite small. I shall add some spice and then bring it in for you to try. Yeah, I'll eat them all. I will have them all. I love them so much. Just what? onions or what? Gherkins or pickled vegetables? No, no, I hate gherkins. So for me, it's just pickled onions. Someone did make me some pickled, oh, I'm not going to say it right. It's a certain type of radish, like a, I want to say a corab, but that is not true and that was that was all right I liked that that was nice but my love is pickled onions when I ate meat I'd get a bit of wafer thin ham and wrap it around the pickled onion and eat it okay I never knew this about you but it does explain a lot mainly why you have an office all to yourself (laughs) well you have the eggs Sarah's an egg lover I'm not oh god I love boiled eggs they're my favorite food yeah gross stinky no thank you so it's good that we do sit in separate offices actually because then i can have the pickled onions you can have the stinky eggs and the rest of the team they just have to suck it up they just have to deal with it and i think you're either a stinky food lover or not aren't you and we are both stinky food lovers trying our best to resurrect condiment corner shall we should we just get on with the episode i think we should because we failed miserably in in terms of you going oh pickled onions a condiment absolutely not let's move on let's begin Okay, right. We are looking at a case this week where someone who is HIV positive was blackmailed about their status. Oh, you said in the last one, didn't you? The most famous person. I think it is the most famous person. So we've looked at Charlie Sheen in the past. He's experienced this. But this time we're in the UK and we're talking about Gareth Thomas. Of course. Yes. And that is a massive case, isn't it? If you live outside of the UK or you're not into rugby, you might not know who Gareth Thomas is. So he is a former Welsh rugby star. I know nothing about rugby. So what I'm about to tell you means nothing to me. But here we are. So Gareth Thomas was a professional rugby union and rugby league player. Why are there two two types of rugby? I don't get it. I think they have different rules as well, don't they? My dad was really into rugby. I don't know. Anyway, so professional rugby union and rugby league player representing Wales in both. He was the most capped Welsh rugby player until 2011. He is ranked 14th among international try scorers and is the third highest Welsh try scorer. In rugby union, he played fullback wing or centre. Centre. I recognise that position from netball. And actually, they're similar, aren't they? They're both throwing a ball. Although, can I just say, in rugby, if they just threw the ball forwards, rather than backwards the whole thing would be over a lot quicker didn't they i think they should consider that no i didn't think it'd be as fun who thought up the game we're all going to run this way but we're going to throw the ball that way again there's another podcast idea sarah the history of rugby anyway he retired from rugby in 2011 so there's your background okay in december 2009 he announced he was gay big deal at the time do you remember this Yes, I do. Yeah, because it was a big deal because you don't have people in sports like rugby and football coming out as often as they should be able to. No, he was the first openly gay professional rugby union player. Oh, the first. Yeah. But I feel he was probably one of the first professional sports people to come out. I've got no stats to back that up. I could be lying. (laughs) I I like how we're moving forward. We're just going to say things and assume that we think they're true. Yes. Now, in uh, November 2018, uh, Gareth was assaulted in Cardiff because of his sexuality. 2018, not even that long ago. That's horrendous. It was a 16-year-old that assaulted him. And the way he asked the police to deal with this was by restorative justice, which I think gives an indication of the type of person 
that he is. So for those that don't know, restorative justice gives people who are the victims of crime the opportunity to meet the defendant and to find out for themselves why the defendant took those actions. It's a good way to get closure for the victims. It's also a good way for defendants to understand the implications of what they've done. Didn't have to do that, but he recommended or he asked the police if he could. I think that's very brave to choose that. Don't know if I could do that. I think I might just want to hide away from it. So moving forward on the 14th of September 2019, Gareth announced that he was HIV positive with an undetectable status. This Sorry, butting in as always. I don't know if you remember, but just before the story broke, and perhaps we're going to talk about this, the few days beforehand, the papers started doing stories, didn't they, around big sports person, unknown, with like kind of shadowy figures along with the story. And mm. yeah, they try, it's like they try and drum up all this hysteria around who could it be, isn't it? But now I say this out loud, I'm imagining that's exactly what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Well, you know, you might just look at it slightly. It's kind of the focus of the whole episode. (laughs) I'll let you carry on. Yes. After this, let's talk about the concept of a podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do need to revisit that, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So we are looking at where the blackmail comes into this. He was blackmailed by the press. At the time, he didn't announce which paper, but there were rumours on the internet that it rhymed with bun. And before you start getting all panicky that we're going to be sued, later on in this episode... We'll find out whether that was true or not. Right. So now I'm going to apologise for butting in and talking about the newspaper because I didn't know it was actually the newspapers that blackmailed him. So that's why I I thought it was an individual. Well, we'll look at the journey because initially it wasn't obvious. So we're going to look at the journey of how was it blackmail in the first place? Yeah. Whether it was his choice to be open about his status following that. And yeah, basically what happened here? We'll unpick it all like we normally do. So we know the press had got hold of the fact that he was positive. Someone that Gareth had disclosed his status to had gone to the press. And the press were threatening to tell Gareth's parents unless he revealed his diagnosis. His parents? Do they not have a heart or a moral compass? Is it just money, money, money? Like, that's awful. I know, but you start to think about the lengths the press will go to. And then I was like, well, if they've got that story, why don't they just publish it? Why are you trying to make Gareth Thomas feel awful about his status and force him to tell his parents himself? And the person that obviously went to the press in the first place where they paid for this, what did they gain from it? You don't know. But we are going to look into all of this. We've got to put our detective hats on, Jessica, and we're going to get to the bottom of these fishy shenanigans. That, if you're going to do an OnlyFans page, and you will because you always copy me, that should be your porn name. Fishy shenanigans. I quite like it. (laughs) Especially now you've talked about your obsession with pickled onions. Maybe <laughs> vinegar shenanigans might be better. I don't know. Vinegar shenanigans. I could I could rock that name for sure. I like that. So we're going to be detectives. I'll be Jessica Fletcher. You can be Hercule Poirot. Poirot? I don't want to be Poirot. I'm going to have to be a man. I want to be Bergerac. He was oh, always that's cool, wasn't he? That's such a good shout. That's a very good shout. Yes. Okay. Jessica Fletcher and Bergerac. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, Right. We're not off to a good start because it's actually quite hard to understand what went on. But in essence, Gareth was being blackmailed by one or more people about his HIV status. Now, I'm going to use a Sun article, which was published the day after Gareth told everyone his status on Twitter as my reference. 
because they may have been the paper involved in the lead up to him having to reveal his status, but also because the article, it's quite sensationalist. I mean, I'm yes. not surprised. It's not a surprising thing, is it? But No, but you think, okay, right. 15th of September, 2019. This story is published in The Sun. It starts, Wales rugby star Gareth Thomas was forced to reveal his HIV diagnosis after sick blackmailers threatened to expose his secret. Well, I agree. I'm going to agree with this first um, statement. They they are sick if they're blackmailing someone over their status. Absolutely. Says the sports legend told how he went through hell as he tried to keep his health battle hidden from his friends and family. I don't, I don't love calling it a health battle. I don't think we need to. I don't think anything to do with your health should be described as a battle because it implies that you're either going to win or lose. It's like when people talk about, oh, I don't know, like a cancer diagnosis, for example, and they're saying, I'm going to battle this. And you think, but if you, not everybody can win that battle. So do mm. the people that don't win it, are they losers? No, of course they're not. It's just such weird terminology, isn't it? Goes on to say he decided to break the news to his parents and two older brothers after blackmailers started using his diagnosis as a weapon. Again, sensationalist. Gareth said, I've been threatened by people who said they would give away my secret. It's sick and I've been through hell, been blackmailed. And in my mind, I thought you could only get blackmailed for something really bad, which compounded the feeling of shame. When someone else knows a secret as big as that, they can determine your happiness or sadness every morning and use it as a weapon against you and your family. Again, that makes sense. Goes on to say the star initially hid the devastating diagnosis from his loving parents. It's trying to portray HIV as the worst thing ever. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I do think they're actually thinking of the impact that that has on the thousands of people that read that. Mm. We've said this before. It's almost like stigmatising language. Yes, absolutely. We should do an episode on that. <gasps> yes. Um, Add it to the list. Oh, Put it on the list, Sarah. Absolutely massive list that takes up most of the wall. I imagine it's, you know, like a big scroll that you just do that with, where you sort of let it go <laughs> and it just rolls down the road. Everyone else uses a computer, but I'm there with a scroll and a quill. <laughs> the article goes on to say his parents are supporting him as he battles the incurable virus. The Welsh sports hero stunned the sporting world yesterday by dramatically declaring he's living with the incurable virus. Two things. Were the sporting world stunned? Not sure that they were. Yeah, that's sort of conjecture, isn't it? That's your opinion of something. And secondly, or nextly, as you prefer, I've watched this announcement on Twitter. I've seen his announcement on Twitter and it's not dramatic. No, he's just telling the facts. And you can see that he's emotional, but I wouldn't say it was packed full of drama. He doesn't want it to be, does he? You know, he's having been forced into doing this. So it's him um, speaking to the camera saying, I've got to do this. And you can see he is full of emotion. Well, he's probably full of emotion, not necessarily because of his diagnosis, but because he is no. being forced to do something yeah. that is now no longer his choice. So perhaps he he may have in years to come be like, actually, I do want to come out. I do want to be open about my status. But he should always have had that choice. It's so unfair. Yeah, absolutely. It says in the article, even though I've been forced to tell you this, I choose to fight to educate and break the stigma around this subject. That's what he said in his video on Twitter. I'm asking you to help me to show that everyone lives in fear of people's reactions and opinions of something about them. But that doesn't mean we should have to hide. Yes, Gareth Thomas. That's exactly right. He didn't just announce mm. it. He he made it into something bigger to say, let's 
have a discussion about the different things that we might feel yeah. stigmatized around. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah, you did. So this is online, this article. And within the article, there is a box with what are the symptoms of HIV. It's like the standard text all newspapers use. Then there's a bit more kind of article text. And then there's another box. And in that box, it says every 90 minutes in the UK, a life is lost to suicide. Men are three times more likely to take their own life than women. That is why The Sun has launched the You're Not Alone campaign to remind anyone facing a tough time, grappling with mental illness or feeling like there's nowhere left to turn, that there is hope. Now, given that this is an article about how the press may have been involved in this blackmail case, which could very well have led Gareth Thomas to feel suicidal, I feel that a bit insensitive. I don't know. It feels like they're trying to shirk responsibility. Like, so say if it possibly was them, I don't know. It feels like they're trying to make up for it. You're like, what? This is confusing. It's really, it's odd. I don't know why they would have placed the the campaign launch there in the middle of his article, but I didn't like it. So there you go. He's announced it on Twitter. Press have obviously followed it up. Three days later, 18th of September, Gareth uh, goes on the BBC and he's interviewed on BBC News. Uh, and he says it was a journalist that told his parents about his diagnosis, not him. And it put him in the position where he had no choice but to share his status. So the situation's now changed after the kind of press spotlight. He's like, hold on a sec, you guys need to know the truth here. So it's gone really from him dramatically announcing his status on Twitter, having told his parents to him saying a journalist told my parents that I had AIDS and therefore took away the opportunity for me to tell them myself. And I think that's where the blackmail hinges on or what the blackmail hinges on the press saying we're going to knock on your parents door if you don't out yourself. But why? To get a front page exclusive? I just can't believe that the person that would go to his house and tell his parents I know. I mean, you have no morals if you're doing that. If you're, that's your job. You're being paid to mess up people's lives, elderly people's lives. How do they live with themselves? I just never know. Well, that's it, isn't it? And obviously, Gareth wants to disclose in his own time, if he even wants to disclose them. Again, his choice. But let's say he did want to disclose. He knows his parents. He knows how he feels he should best handle that situation. You don't know how somebody's going to react. I know. It's awful, isn't it? I mean, he tells the BBC in the interview he would absolutely not have revealed his HIV status if that journalist hadn't told his parents in that way. After that, things eventually die down. Gareth links into THT, does some amazing work for them. So we move forward to an article published in June 2020 in The Guardian. And it's an interview with Gareth about lockdown life and about his HIV diagnosis and also it's focusing on a documentary he's made with the BBC called Gareth Thomas HIV and Me. Within the article Gareth talks about exactly how his mum and dad found out about his diagnosis. So up until then you know he's kind of hinted and said you know it was a journalist He, he talks a lot more. So the article starts and says for evidence that stigma against those with HIV is still very much alive consider the manner with which Gareth was forced to tell his parents. So one day, having stayed with them, his father's driving him to get a train to London and they noticed a man standing in the road. His father pulls over to check if he's okay. It was a reporter. And Gareth says, he stuck his head in the window and he said to my father, do you have any comment about your son having HIV? <gasps> no, he didn't. 
Are you joking? So in my mind, it was like, a, you know, like in a drama series, like an ITV drama where the police like knock at your door and say, let me come in, I'll have a cup of tea. And then they tell them, I don't know, some sort of bad news about a crime. That is how I saw the journalist disclosing to his parents, like a, in a gentle fashion still. Oh, no, no. So this is what he did. Just stuck his head in the window. What's your comment? Your son's got HIV. Gareth puts the window up and he says to his father, just drive. And on the rest of the journey to the train station, Gareth reassures his father that it was just the press looking for a story. He boards the train to London. His father goes home. What his father doesn't realise is that the reporter has followed him home. Gareth says, oh, (laughs) your sound cut out, but your mouth was enormous. Sorry, I said, what? Massive respect for not losing his temper about that. Because he could have got out of that car and got very angry, couldn't he? Yeah, and he's a he's a rugby player. He's a big guy. I would not want to make Gareth Thomas angry. Yes, he no. is a big man. So the reporter has followed his father home. Gareth says, he knocked on the door. My mum and dad answered. My mum and dad have started doing this, answering the door together and answering the phone together and then putting it on loudspeaker so I could speak to both of them at the same time. Uh, anyway, Gareth says, he knocked on the door. My mum and dad answered. They noticed a recording device in the reporter's pocket. Again, the reporter asked them to comment on their son's HIV status. His parents refused and closed the door. Gareth says, then I had the phone call from my mother in tears. Never felt I like I was so far away from home in my entire life. Gareth goes back to Wales that night, goes to his parents' house, and he, he told them everything. And they had... You know, they're they're elderly parents, very little understanding about the realities of HIV in the UK. So what he says in the article is, what this journalist didn't know is that my parents thought I was going to die. They didn't know any different. The journalist, not his parents' understanding of modern day HIV. (laughs) No. No, it's the journalist, to be clear. Good luck editing that little bit. (laughs) I'm so shocked, though. I'm so shocked that they did it in... What if what if his parents, what if his dad had had a heart attack? What if he yeah. was that shocked? I just can't understand. I can't fathom how somebody could do that. No, I know. And cause so much damage, all for the sake of a newspaper story. Gareth goes on to say, him and his legal team were granted an injunction preventing the newspaper from revealing that he was HIV positive. And that was the catalyst for Gareth deciding to go public and also the kind of the catalyst for him to be like I want to work with the BBC and do a documentary about this prior to this his legal team were unable to prevent a story running in the sun about an unnamed sports star who was about to reveal that they had HIV right hang on so to clarify this so the papers ran a story saying this this star this anonymous star was going to announce their status and this is while they're blackmailing him in theory and putting pressure on him, right? So actually, they're trying to make out like somebody's about to disclose, but it's only because they're being blackmailed. Yeah. So the son are trying to kind of engineer it so that he comes out himself. Well, they, yeah, they, they are blackmailing him. They're just saying, if you don't do this, we will. We've got all the facts here and away we go. We've already run a story hinting at who it might be. And having told his parents, they then want to run the story straight away. And he's got an injunction to say no, 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 but then had to reveal his status. It's a little bit like Philip Schofield. Do you remember all the stories around his sexuality? Yeah. It's similar to that where the press knew and said, well, either you tell the world or we're going to do it. It seems to follow in that kind of the, the same sort of ilk as that. 
So in the article, he's asked why he thinks there is such an appetite to expose people as HIV positive. And he's saying because people don't know much about HIV. It's really easy to sensationalise the subject. Um, and also there aren't many public figures who are open about it. My gosh, you can see why. Exactly, right? He doesn't want to be open about it and nor should he have had to have been. It should have always been a choice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he talks about it. He says, you know, I'm still really angry that I lost autonomy of the situation. Very close family, very close to his parents, very protective of them as, as we all are. And he's saying it was my right to pick the moment to tell my family. It wasn't someone else's right to force that moment upon us. Goes on to say, I can never pick that moment again. I never had that opportunity. And that really pisses me off. It, it's affected his family life and his life forever. Having choice removed, whatever that is, is huge, especially mm. to do with this. It's just so shocking, isn't it, that a, that a journalist can pick that opportunity for you and, and have the, the nerve to then go ahead and do it. It's oh, just it's- horrible. It's horrible that somebody knew his status and took it to the media. That's horrible because it feels like all of this is around financial gain. Of course, we don't know if the person that took his status there gained in any way financially or in any other way. We don't know that. Then the papers, you know, they're making money off it. So it's it's awful. It's, this is someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm not happy about this situation. Nor am I. I didn't know enough about this, to be honest. No, nor did I. And that is the kind of interesting thing for me is I, like you, had seen the newspaper reports and they were they were hinting that a sports person had HIV and then he came out on kind of and then it was in the papers and you just don't realize that going on in the background is all this kind of hurt and and blackmail and his parents are, are in the middle of this that's horrible do you know what else is really really horrible that really resonated with me that journalist knew gareth was obviously going away that day because mm. if he's followed his father then he knows his father's dropped off at the train station off he's gone on a train and then he still pursued it so it wasn't even like he turned up to the house when Gareth was there. He knew he wouldn't be there. Yeah, very targeted, very planned. You know, he's obviously there for a mission. Oh, how newspapers operate? How can they get away with stuff like this? I just don't know. It's horrible, isn't it? I don't think people always realise, you know, when you buy a newspaper or look at it online, the the context to what's gone on behind that story. That is why this is important that we do this, because we always say we're learning ourselves and we really are, because, of course, mm. we only see the headlines. We only know those things as well. But every time we do this and we I mean, obviously, everyone knows how much we hate the media. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> I wonder why we never get featured in any media about the podcast, Sarah. <laughs> a really good point. Any national press want to do a feature on us? Please be our guest. Maybe change our minds about <laughs> we think the media is run we're never yeah. going to be covered again yeah no definitely not um i don't even know where i was going at the start of that sentence i don't know what i was saying what was i saying um oh i don't know i've got no idea and now i don't know well let's move on he got really caught up in hating the media and then have just trailed off and have no idea what i'm talking about now so <laughs> let's move on Oh my gosh, when the presenters of the podcast start to lose interest in what they're saying, I just don't see how we can expect our listeners to carry on listening and engaging. (laughs) No, no. Uh, So it's not losing interest because I'm involved in this. This is like, but I feel that the butterfly brain effect is just off we go on a tangent. And then I'm like, where where did that sentence begin? 
Let's blame it on our age. Yes. It's what happens to women as they get yes. older. Yes, it is, Sarah. And it's Monday. No, it's not. Oh, my God, it's Wednesday. No, it's Wednesday. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happened? It's because we used to record on a Monday. Right. Back to Gareth. Yeah. So by now, I'm sure Gareth appreciates our outrage at what's happened to him. Now, in terms of who told the press, that that's impossible to work out. You would never be able to kind of determine that. There's a case that has been submitted to the High Court against Gareth Thomas by an ex-partner claiming that Gareth concealed his HIC, HIC, oh great, hick, yeah, that's what we work in. Gareth concealed his HIV status from him. Their relationship started in 2013. Now, I am not saying for one second that this person went to the press or blackmailed Gareth prior to the high courts. Is this similar to Charlie Sheen's situation where once his status was revealed, people came forward who'd had unprotected sex with him? So what? Why was he, what, sorry, <laughs> I'll try and get my sentence out. What's his beef is basically what I'm <laughs> trying to say in a nutshell, only because if Gareth's aware of his status, if Gareth's undetectable, if Gareth's taking steps or Gareth's using a condom, then as we know, he doesn't have to disclose. So what's this, what's the grounds of the case or do we not really know? So this ex-partner is saying that Gareth lied about his HIV status. That's what it hinges on. But as with all cases, there's a lot more to this. Um, And as far as I know, it's not been heard in court yet. But the ex-partner is claiming at least £150,000 in damages, although they say it could be significantly higher, for serious physical and psychological injury and the resultant loss of life expectancy of approximately six to eight years. And to say that you have a loss of life expectancy of six to eight years, that's where on earth has that come from? Yeah, how could you know that? I would say that is almost impossible to determine. People living with HIV have a normal life expectancy. So is he saying, well, I've got HIV and I definitely got it from Gareth Thomas and therefore my life expectancy is shortened? That doesn't make any sense at all. So again, that's all coming up in the future, but it goes back to the crime and HIV, doesn't it, of determining whether that is actually the case. Did he transmit HIV to him? And then looking at the life expectancy, was he diagnosed so late it's had an impact on his health? It's all come out in the press and then people are going, oh, hold on a moment, hold on, yeah, I, I slept with him. I think I need to go to court about this. So the case is ongoing, as you said, it hasn't been heard yet. No, I don't think it has. Um, I mean, I put this together before Christmas, so unless it's been heard very recently, no. Okay, well, I suppose we'll keep one eye out to see what happens with that. Do you know what? It's not surprising, is it, that so few people in the public eye are open about their status. You've got the press to contend with, former partners, allegations, potential court cases. I mean, it's just a lot, isn't it? It's the hugest can of worms, isn't it? Yeah. And yet we need more people to be open to kind of diminish the stigma and to normalise HIV. But judging by what's happened to Gareth Thomas, it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah, exactly. That I mean, that's not the example of going, yes, it's going to be easy and, and, and brilliant. And it's like, that's not what this is displaying, is it? I mean, Gareth Thomas has done so much good in terms mm. of speaking out and being an HIV advocate. But again, he's been forced into that position. Um, as in, I know he didn't have to sort of start advocating and do such great work with charities. And obviously he has like a podcast as well around HIV. So he has stepped up and taken that role, but he should never have had to. It should always have been a choice. Yeah. And I think it's terrible that the press can take that choice away from you. 
and have no recriminations. You know, it's legal for them to do that. You're breaching someone's human rights. They should listen to the last episode, Sarah. Mm. Yeah, it's outrageous. Anyway, there you go. So the press blackmailed Gareth Thomas about his HIV status, forcing him to go public and announce his status on Twitter. Do you think we are ever going to get to the stage where someone's HIV status can't be used against them in some way? And this is why we say there's still so much stigma. And I think this has a massive impact on it. It just keeps fueling that fire. I know. I had respect for Gareth Thomas before because he does so much work to raise awareness, but I have a newfound respect. I've elevated him onto a much higher pedestal. Do you remember when you used to do that? You'd say that everyone was your bestest favourite person and you had to keep adding to that every week. I'm quite fickle, aren't I? You know, flip from one favourite person to the next. Best friends all over the place. Well, my ultimate best friend is our boss, Sean. We both know that. You're such a suck up. Well, yeah, I am. But, you know, got to try, ain't you? Fair enough. I quite. I, I did not expect that response. So I quite like that. You're like, yeah, and so <laughs> it's the appropriate response. <laughs> oh goodness! Do you know what? I actually, normally you're the one that needs to do something nice for yourself after an episode. I thought that was a lot. I'm so shocked and quite angry. I'm going to go and do something nice for myself now. I'm going to go and have a packet of crisps. Oh, and a trillion pickled onions. I started putting them in sandwiches over Christmas. Dirty. <laughs> Dirty wrong. <Ryan. laughs> oh, dear. Okay, well, on that note, um, oh, hang on. What are we doing next week? Because obviously we're series. This was episode two. Where are we going next week? Well, my dirty little pickled onion gobbler. That sounds like it's quite sexual for some reason, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. So next week we are heading over to America. We're going to look at someone whose family member blackmailed him. A family member? Yeah, a family member. So, yes, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, so that's going to take us to episode three, isn't it? Also, this is not that interesting, but, I mean, half of what I say on this podcast really isn't, so I'm just going to plough ahead. You know my massive bottle? I don't know if you heard in the last episode, I started telling you it was two gallons. <laughs> it's not two gallons you? of water. <laughs> Listen brag two gallons of water it's two litres everyone two litres is that what you said it was two gallons of water yes and we were both just like mm, yeah yeah i don't believe it is water it was a yellow color and i now know what that is it's pickled onion juice oh do you know what i actually i'm i'm happy to drink pickled onion juice oh just stop it <laughs> go off and do your own pickled onion podcast i bet there's like a market for that i bet somewhere someone has a fetish about that there you go Yeah, pickled onion lovers, unite. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.